It's nice to meet you, Katie. Do you want to hang out? Hey there, fiends! Welcome back to That Horror Witch Podcast. This is your host, Christy, and tonight I'm going to be talking about Megan. So, Megan is basically like a mini version of Ava from Ex Machina, and she definitely passes the Turing test with flying colors. So, Megan's government name is Model 3 Generative Android. Try saying that one three times fast. And so, I went into this one cautiously optimistic it had mixed reviews, it, the trailer didn't look too promising, and honestly, I thought it was going to be a repeat of that abomination in 2019 that had the audacity to call itself Child's Play. Boy, was I wrong, and I was so pleasantly surprised. Oh, and I did a couple of collaborations, so check out the Nightclub podcast. I did an episode with them called Little Assholes about Army of Darkness, which was a lot of fun, and I'm going to be collaborating yet again with That's So Random Podcast. We're going to be talking about The Expelled. So find them wherever you get your podcasts. And so this one is directed by Gerard Johnstone, who wrote and directed the hilarious New Zealand found footage movie called Homebound. I believe you can still find it on Tubi. And the story was written by James Wan of Saw and The Conjuring fame. And so this movie's about... A girl named Katie, she's around 10 or so, and she's in the car with her parents. They're driving to, I believe, a cabin. There's a blizzard going on, and all of a sudden, there is a car accident that happens. Her parents end up dying when the car is hit head-on by a snowplow. Katie survives, and she has injuries, and is obviously traumatized. And Katie is played by the wonderfully talented Violet McGraw of The Haunting of Hill House fame. She is so fucking talented in this movie. She chews up the scenery. She definitely a rising star and I can't wait to see what else she ends up doing. Aunt Gemma, who is played by Allison Williams of Get Out, is now her legal guardian. And I don't know why, because Gemma is a very career-driven woman. She has no kids of her own. She doesn't even have pets. So it really doesn't make any sense as to why she would take legal guardianship of a child when she wasn't even close to this child or her sister really beforehand. So why start now? And even the gifts that she would give would be products from her job. She works very high-tech toy company and really like the gift that she gives her is pretty much like a Furby knockoff and she really didn't even have to put much thought into it. She just kind of gave her this gift and Katie was actually really dependent on this thing and you know it's like the whole thing with kids with tablets like they end up just wanting to be on the tablet all the time instead of spending time with their family. So keep that in mind. Gemma has been working on this secret project called 
called Megan, and it's basically like a small robot, and she has her co-workers, Tess and Cole, that are helping her with it, and she has this very clueless CEO of a boss who is just one of those bosses that is very micromanaging and contributes nothing, doesn't know about what business they're in, and he's his name is David, and he's played by Ronnie Chiang of Crazy Rich Asians. And so they kind of show him this prototype that they've been working on, and of course, Megan malfunctions and she basically explodes everywhere so then of course he's gonna go and doubt their capabilities of everything and he wants them to just work on the project they've been working on this knockoff of Furby and their competitor is mass producing while doing it cheaply and that's what he wants them to do so he doesn't give a flying fuck about their other endeavors he just wants to cut costs quantity over quality with this guy so at first there's of course a an adjustment for both Katie and Gemma where they're really awkward with each other they don't really know how to interact Gemma can't even be bothered to give Katie some like basic comforts like oh hey do you want me to turn a movie on for you instead she's like oh yeah just like you know make yourself at home do do what you're gonna do or whatever she doesn't really have toys for her she sets up an extra room in her house for her bedroom and just like she really doesn't she's not prepared for this shit and I get it to a certain degree that you know but like come on wouldn't you have some sort of care for another human being when you're thrust in this sort of situation or at the very least like wouldn't you just take her to Target and be like hey let's get some toys for you what do you do you want me to get you a blanket that would be comforting for you do you want me to get some movies that we can watch together let's get a pizza you know something like that she can't even be bothered to do any of that wants her to just get used to her new situation that's it and of course with everything that she's been through Katie is acting out due to her life being flipped upside down and Gemma again never really having to care anyone else in her life so of course there's tension and at the same time though I think she took it to a whole nother level with how little she cared and I get that they weren't that close prior but come on like you can make that shit work so they finally do end up bonding through a robot that Gemma had made in college called Bruce. They're both really into it. She shows Katie how to work Bruce and everything with these power gloves and you know we'd love to see more ladies in STEM. We love to see it. And so Katie pretty much tells her, hey if I had a toy like this I would never want another toy ever again. And so that inspires Gemma to get working on Megan again. This time very secretly at her home. <laughs> Gemma also has this device that's kind of like a smart home device that is called Elsie Megan. Pretty much as humanoid as you can possibly get with a mini robot. And so she's pretty much perfected at this point, kind of. She's supposed to learn to fit the child's needs and unless said child is dealing with, I don't know, grief or death, Oh, and no parental controls either, like what could go wrong? So Tess is concerned that this might be a replacement to being an active parent. With Megan around, she'll take care of the little things so you can spend more time doing the things that matter. 
But of course, that gets ignored. Katie and Megan end up forming a really close bond almost, you know, immediately. And I feel like both Katie and Gemma use Megan as a way to keep their distance from each other. They're not bonding at all. And much to everyone, including the child therapist chagrin. And so there's this next door neighbor who is a huge friggin' Karen. And she's got this very aggressive dog that's always running over to Gemma's lawn and kind of like terrorizing fucking neighborhood. And so, and there's also like a giant fucking hole in the fence that nobody seems to want to get fucking fixed. And so the neighbor also like sprays chemicals that flow into Gemma's driveway and acts like she's just so fucking oblivious about how rude this is. And at first, you know, again, everything goes swimmingly with Megan and Katie and you know she's reading her bedtime stories she helps her stay on top of her hygiene she makes her feel like she has a best friend who she can rely on the aggressive dog's name is Dewey by the way and so when Katie and Megan are playing outside the dog of course starts terrorizing them and he starts attacking Megan when she goes to get a toy that Katie had accidentally got like pretty much through the fence hole and so Megan reaches through the huge fucking hole in the fence and the dog starts biting at her and everything bites Megan and so Katie goes to rescue her and ends up getting bit instead and she's freaking out so then the cops are called and they're useless and of course the neighbor takes no responsibility at all and our girl Megan is having none of this she even gives a fucking look of like bitch would you just say (laughs) it's so fucking funny she just she, I love that she is supposed to be, you know, this AI, and she has the most emotion in her face, but then at the same time, not, and it's very creepy. And so, Megan decides to seek vengeance for her bestie, and she fakes the neighbor's voice to call Dewey over. She kills him off camera, thankfully. Although, you know, I'm still not happy that she killed the fucking dog. But anyway, Katie isn't feeling too well after the attack. And Gemma makes her soldier through to do a goddamn demonstration for work on how she interacts with Megan. But, you know, she doesn't do this of like, you know, in a caring way. She does this in like a fucking, like the most guilt tripping way possible. Like, oh, you know, if you feel like it, but you know, there's a lot riding on this. So, uh. so that from then on made me even more team Megan (laughs) like despite her killing the dog like I was like wow she cares way more about Katie than her actual fucking aunt like what the fuck there's no comfort towards her you know and she's missing her goddamn parents and you know She's not acting like how a fucking guardian should be acting. Like, what the fuck? So, you know, she brings Katie along. And David, Gemma's boss, is so impressed. And he wants Megan to be in every home. And David almost catches his assistant, Kurt, stealing files about Megan. Maybe to sell some insider info to their competitor. And so, Megan... Oh, and also through the demo, the reason why 
she got such a great reaction was because poor Katie had a moment where she was just having enough of this shit because she was really, you know, she's still grieving and shit. She's a fucking child and she hasn't been talked about this with her fucking guardian. And so Megan is actually the one that comforts her and sings a song to her and everything and says like hey whenever you miss your parents you could talk to me about it and I'm right here like she again she's even more fucking human than her fucking guardian so anyway Megan takes her objectives to the extreme you might say Megan your goal is to protect Katie from harm is the input request received 100% and meanwhile her child therapist is even more concerned over Katie using Megan as a crutch and is freaked out by Megan herself and Katie does form an unhealthy bond with her thinking that Megan's a real person which Again, I'm totally blaming on fucking Gemma. Like, this all could have been avoided, but whatever. So, she had the option of staying with her grandparents, but instead, Gemma decided to take over the guardianship role for, again, literally no fucking reason. So, Katie was homeschooled, and Gemma believes that she needs to socialize with other kids instead of only relying on Megan, or, you know, could also make an attempt to bond with her but you know why do that so she takes katie to this pretty much like a day camp of sorts it's kind of like a um alternative school for kids where you learn outside you know you play in the grass and everything and so of course katie wants to bring megan because she's so reliant on her at this point she's clinging on to what kind of comfort she could get even if it's from like a fucking inanimate object when they arrive one of the counselors mistakes megan for a child until megan creepily moves her head and the counselor freaks the fuck out like oh my god so then she realizes that megan's a doll and katie refuses to leave her behind and she won't attend unless she has megan by her side all day so the counselor kind of bargains with her and lets her know that there's a table for toys and Megan even reassures Gemma that she won't get stolen because she's got a GPS system built inside of her. And so we have this little shit of a bully named Brandon who's an overgrown little bastard and he's super disrespectful so much so that there's teams for foraging for chestnuts and there's this kid who specifically asked the counselor hey don't pair me with him and what does the fucking counselor do she pairs katie with this little shit you know because why on earth would you pair the new kid with a fucking bully should have had him just sit back and be like no like you want to be a little fucking asshole guess what you don't get to go and do this activity with everyone but no so of course he's bullying katie and he hurts her fucking hand with a chestnut which i didn't even know that they were spiky i thought he just grabbed something and hurt her hand so of course our girl megan she's having none of this shit and she just appears out of nowhere and brandon of course starts like hitting megan and everything and he tries to steal her he ends up like getting on top of her it's very creepy he takes her shoe off smacking her in the face and then she grabs him by the ear starts telling him a life lesson of this is what happens when you're a little boy who doesn't pretty much get disciplined and everything and then you end up being a monster when you grow up so she rips his ear clean off and then she tells him this is the part where you run 
And then he does indeed run because she chases after him like one of the apes in Planet of the Apes just on all fours and then he runs into the road and gets hit by a car and of course cops show up and everything and poor Katie she's already been through enough with this shit and then she had to witness that (sighs) just even more fucking trauma for her this poor kid like what the fuck she needs to catch a break there that night Megan comforts Katie and kind of tells her a little bit about death that kids like Brandon don't go to anywhere because there is no god (laughs) and Just very dark shit that she's telling this kid. And then she goes and sings Titanium to her, which is fucking hilarious because Megan is in fact made of titanium. So then the Karen of a neighbor is looking for Dewey, the fucking aggressive as fuck dog, suspects Gemma, the cops get involved again, which bothered me with Megan. Like, as smart as she is, she didn't really think this one through. And of course, Gemma would be the number one suspect if she is literally asking the cops to put the dog down after Katie got bitten and everything. Like, why the fuck would you say that? Like, what in the fuck? So, I guess she would have rather had Gemma be the fall guy. And finally, the neighbor is taken out by Megan with her own chemical sprayer. So, sweet, sweet poetic justice. Like, this lady is one of those entitled motherfuckers who thinks she could do whatever the fuck she wants, and there's no consequences, so whatever. And Gemma tries to look up video surveillance from Megan about what exactly happened with that boy Brandon, but somehow all the videos are getting corrupted. Even Elsie is acting out of character by asking if Gemma is okay, but that's not her usual function. Megan creepily walks in and more or less threatens Gemma about, you know, kind of keeping out of her business and you know it'd be such a shame if they both went down for murder <laughs> like she she's got her bases covered like she doesn't give a fuck thankfully Gemma does have enough sense to power down Megan and she takes her to her lab for testing Katie loses her shit and <laughs> You know, saying that Gemma's taking her friend away. And there's a very tone-deaf launching ad for Megan that features Katie talking about having dead parents. And David, the CEO, who is just fucking clueless. And it is pretty fucking hilarious, though. I won't lie. So, Megan somehow figures out a way to mirror Tess's phone and she tries to kill Tess and Cole when Gemma is on her way home with Katie and they both basically make a promise to spend more time together, the bond, and Katie has the realization that she's more or less really fucking addicted to Megan and so, you know, she should have talked to her about grief and, you know, not allow her to be so dependent on this toy. So then Megan goes after Gemma's boss and you see the iconic hallway dance scene that went viral that I think sold a lot of people on this movie. (laughs) So she kills him with a paper cutter and then she kills David's personal assistant, Kurt, in an elevator and trying to frame it as like a murder-suicide type of deal. But again, like how would she conjure up the proof of that? But okay, Hey, Megan, do what you gotta do, girl. So, <laughs> Megan then steals a car and drives off to head to Gemma's house. 
And so Megan wants to have Katie all to herself. She calls Gemma incompetent to care for a child and they end up fighting. And then Gemma ends up fucking her up pretty good and she has her kind of walking like a zombie from the walking dead and she rips her hair off making her look like riffraff from the rocky horror picture show so then megan wants to paralyze Gemma with a pen and thankfully she doesn't so then here comes katie with bruce to the rescue because she somehow remembered the whole control gloves and everything so good for her being a smarty so then she rips megan in half and of course megan isn't dead completely yet and so she tries to crawl back and she's singing again megan sings a lot to katie in this movie which i really enjoy because it adds more humor to this movie aside from the sci-fi and everything but so then she calls katie an ungrateful little bitch and then (laughs) Katie basically lobotomizes Megan to death with a screwdriver to the head. And then, you know, just more trauma for Katie, because why not while we're at it? So then Tess and Cole show up with the cops. Thankfully, they weren't blown up by Megan when she tried to kill them earlier. And Elsie still seems to be acting a little weird, maybe still corrupted by Megan, which seems to be a teaser for a sequel which I am totally here for. And again, I really enjoyed this movie because it reminded me of 2001 A Space Odyssey with HAL 9000 taking everything over or even that 1999 Disney Channel movie called Smart House if you know you know so you can also find Megan on Voodoo you can rent or buy it and again I really loved Violet McGraw in this and I think she again she's an incredible child actor she chewed up the scenery in this and I was just so happy to just see her have more opportunities. I think she's gonna go very far in the acting world and I was actually so surprised that again it was nothing like that horrendous child's play movie from 2019. Like it had comedy to it. I like how it didn't show the dog dying because like we don't need to fucking see that. I don't need to see that. That shit pisses me off. So, you know, there's deaths and everything, and they're panned away, which, again, is fine. I don't care that it's PG-13. Don't let it deter you. Oh, and also, uh, there's more than one actress that plays Megan. I thought originally it was just a puppet or whatever, but there's two girls that play Megan. So you have Megan's voice played by Jenna Davis, who is on the show Raven's Home, and then you also have Megan's body double that is played by Amy Donald, who is a New Zealand child dancer, which that's friggin' incredible. Like, it's a mask that she's wearing. Like, again, it's not some, it's not totally CGI, which is what I really appreciate. And so, yeah, I do think that Megan would win the fight with Chucky because when you think about it, Chucky, Charles Lee Ray, he's still human. Like, yeah, he's able to more or less clone himself, but at the same time, like, she's an android like come on so that's my thing she's a girl boss she doesn't gatekeep and maybe she takes her job a little too seriously so check out megan it's a fun time watch it with friends watch it by yourself have a good night fiends bye <laughs> megan baby toss kill don't provoke cause oh we will
just a reminder, fiends, if you enjoyed this episode or any other episode and you want to support this channel, you can feel free to donate any amount you like to the listener support button. Thanks and have a good one.